Hello and welcome to the Project U podcast. I'm your host, Leighton Collins. Uh, so as usual, we look at a few things. We look at careers, we look at specific job sectors, and most importantly, the clues in the name, we look at you. So you, the most important project you will work on personally, professionally. Uh, there's also a shorter version that goes with these that's maybe a couple of minutes long if you don't have much time to spare. So this week, we're looking at a kind of personal trait that might match up nicely with last week's episode of Staying Positive. This time we're looking at aiming high, aspiration. Let's get into it. Aiming high isn't always about making it to the very top in the way that we might think about what the top is. Uh, Bernard Arnau, um, a French guy in his main company, LVMH, those letters stand for Moe, Hennessy, Louis Vuitton. You've probably heard of them more than the acronym. Luxury goods, the world's richest person. Elon Musk, Tesla, SpaceX, uh, Jeff Bezos, Amazon. We all know what Amazon does. It does pretty much everything uh, we might even think about. Larry Ellison, Oracle, so computer tech, IT again. Uh, Warren Buffett, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, his company, a multinational holdings conglomerate, what does that mean? The main source of income is insurance, okay? And then Bill Gates, I didn't want just five, I thought we'd ch- chuck old Bill in. Bill Gates, Microsoft, we've all heard of him, IT. So they are the six richest people in the world at the minute. Uh, the Forbes list, very wealthy people, love to get onto that list, break into the top 10, make it to the top, argue over who's the richest person. Should you have bought Twitter or, you know, maybe you could have made first if you've not done that. But those six men together and their families are worth 896.2, it's worth having the point two billion dollars. So that's 8962 and then 0000000. It's a lot of money. Um, to put that into some context, you could spend $34,000 every day from birth to death for a 80-year lifespan, and you'd still fall a little bit short, actually. Uh, the most expensive home in the world, and this is a bit of a cheat because I can't see it coming on the market, but estimated to be 2.9 billion would buy you Buckingham Palace, or you could get Balmoral for about 140 million quid dollars, uh, rather. Uh, looking at sport, the most expensive, highly valued team, football team in the world is Real Madrid, 5 billion or thereabouts. And Jeff Bezos has been in the news recently, uh, as he often is, uh, has just bought himself a new sailing yacht. You know, you've got to keep busy and have hobbies. Uh, The tallest sailing yacht in the world, one of the largest, one of the 25 largest vessels in the world. Uh, It's just setting back $485 million, so less than half a billion. He's got uh, a few quid to spare still. Is everything all about money? Ask yourself, take a minute to think and, you know, really consider what motivates me that sometimes comes up in an interview and that's a different question that we might look at but when you're looking at yourself what actually motivates me what makes me me what really gets me going what gets me out of bed in the morning and the answer might be money that's okay there's no judgment on any of this stuff it might be the people that you get to work with you might love going to work because of the team of people around you and as we've said before, you know, you might spend eight, nine, ten hours every day with these people. You might spend most of your life uh, with 
the same team around you and your colleagues. So if you like them, there's some value there. Your work-life balance, um, is that important to you? I did look at people who, um, who love their jobs, love what they do for a living. And interestingly, uh, there was a story came up as the first story about a, a guy who had left the hustle of the city. He'd worked in Los Angeles, he'd worked in Toronto, um, and then he moved out to a little town in the mountains and set up a job as a baker. Uh, so he's living in this little little um, town, baking bread. None of the stress of his big business that he had before, none of the money that came with it, but he said he was really happy in his story. Is Are you driven, are you motivated by the impact you have on society? You know, we will remember certain people, we'll remember at least the things that some people did, even if their name falls away, for the rest of time. And even whilst they're here, there are people who are sculpting society and I don't want to use the word manipulating, but are kind of driving society, hopefully for the, the better. Is that what motivates you? Are you driven by fame? Do you want to just be known? Do you want people to know your name? And as you walk down the street, everyone's like, oh, let's get a selfie. It's you, it's you, it's you. Do you just want to be happy? Maybe our friend there, the baker, he gave up money for what he deemed to be happiness for him. Um, but, you know, happiness is subjective and we're all made happy by different things. Are you motivated by helping others? So immediately you think about... Um, healthcare, you think about social care, you think about teaching, you think about those sorts of jobs, don't you? People who get out of bed in the morning and their day is all about other people and hopefully making those other people's lives better. Are you driven by security? Maybe you're motivated to find a good secure job, something that's not going away. Hey, people will always want this. Computers aren't taking that job away. Maybe that's the thing that really motivates you. Even if there's a higher paid job, you see that as risky. And so you're more content to be in a what you see as a safe job that you can choose when you walk away from it rather than that industry will vanish or you might be made redundant. Maybe you want that security of your own space. You're a massive introvert. You're shy. You're maybe a little bit socially awkward. And so maybe like one of those very wealthy people, you enjoy your own space, sat coding away in your IT role or, you know, doing something away from people that maybe is routine or maybe is a high skilled role, but it's just you in your own little space. Maybe you're motivated by self-improvement. You want to grow in yourself. You don't want to be the 50-year-old worker with the same skill set that you were as a 20-year-old worker. You know, you want to learn new things. That's the joy of going to work, figuring out how stuff works, becoming better at things. Maybe the motivation is, is the opposite of that own space. And it's just people and unpredictability, the variety. I'm a, a medic working in uh, accident and emergency department, and I do not know what's going to come through the door. You know, it's that excitement and that variety. Maybe it's something totally different. But I want you to take a minute. I'm going to play a little jingle, as is sometimes my want. Take a moment to consider that. Have a little think, stroke your chin, muse over that. What actually motivates you? Which of those really stuck out as like, yeah, that's probably one of the things. It, it's got to be this. It's got to be that. It's got to be this. And which of them do you think, you know, what? I could live without that. Don't really care about that bit. So let's have a little jingle and you can take a minute to think.
aiming high is personal to each of us. So sometimes there's uh, limited seats at the table, so to speak, at the top of any profession. It's not just aiming for the top of your profession. That's not what aiming high means. Um, there's only room for one football manager of your favorite club at any given time. You can't just rock up and say, I'm also going to manage here. Um, my favorite football team, there have only been 35 people who've managed my team since uh, they were established back in 1867. Not many people get the chance to manage my football club. There are only 2,640 billionaires in the world, fewer actually than there were before COVID. Bless them. Um, is there room for 20,000 billionaires? Is there room for 200,000 billionaires? There's probably a limited amount of resource that would uh, limit the chances of you becoming a billionaire. There's only room at any given time for one political leader. So one prime minister in the UK, one prime uh, president in the States. Um, there's only been 45 people who've been the president of the US during 46 presidencies. One guy had two goes at it. Um, the UK is on its 57th prime minister. And we've got through five of them in the last 10 years. So maybe there is a better chance of that. In a school, there's only ever one head teacher at a given moment. Yes, there's a senior leadership team, and yes, there might be executive heads sat above that head teacher, but there's only one office with that person's name on the door that says head teacher underneath. There's a cap in the UK on the number of doctors that we train. Uh, currently, somewhere around uh, 7,500 per year, apparently. Too many, and we'd have too many doctors for the size of the population, so they only they limit the number that they train. If you want your manager's job, you've got to wait for them to move on. You've got to wait for them to get a promotion. You've got to wait for them to move upwards in, a, in another company. You've got to wait for them to retire. It's that kind of waiting to fill someone else's shoes if there's only one set of shoes to fill. Sometimes the seat is taken, never mind there are a limited number of opportunities. It's not very likely that I'll, or you, will become the next Prime Minister. Um, it could happen in the longer term if you're political and you're part of a party and so on. But at the minute, there's a guy sat in the role, Rishi Sunak, and the next PM will either be him or another Conservative if they uh, somehow lose him, or it would be a general election win, most likely for the leader of the opposition, Keir Starmer. So there's only a handful of people who are likely to be the next prime minister, the 58th one. Maybe you'll be the 59th, 60th or 61st, whatever. Sometimes the position is just totally off limits. I cannot work my way to become the king of England, no matter how hard I try or what I do or how clever I am. Uh, there are, I don't even know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who are probably ahead of me in the line to the throne. Uh, and they won't even need all of those because you've got King Charles and then you've got William and his family and then Harry and then you know, his family as well. And that's probably more than enough that, you know, nothing's going to happen that would warrant me being whatever I am, two millionth in line for the throne or whatever I am. So that's off limits. Um, and I was born in the wrong country to become the president of the United States. You have to be uh, a, a citizen born in the US to become president it doesn't matter how rich you are how popular you are or anything so you can see that aiming high is personal to each of us sometimes it's 
easier. Sometimes it's harder, but it's not just about working your way up to one position. It does need a plan though. So think about these examples. I'm a, a junior barber, I'm fairly young, I'm hiring a space at someone else's business, I pay to hire that chair and then the money I make I keep. Well, that maybe in five years time, my aim is to have my own premises with my name above the, the shop sign, um, so many customers that I've had to recruit other people to work for me and I'm renting out space and I've got people who work for me. I'm moving up in my own industry. Maybe I'm working in sales and I'm doing okay and I get commission and I'm earning, I don't know, 60, 70,000 pounds a year. I'm doing well and I'm driven to be earning above 100,000 pounds a year in the next five years. I don't really care what the product is. I don't really care uh, who I'm working for. I'm driven to improve my salary and I'm good at selling stuff. I like the thrill of the, the chase and the sell. That's the success measure for me, would be hitting that six-figure salary. Well, what about this person? I currently work almost 60 hours a week, regularly work uh, six days, maybe seven days, and I just really want to spend more time at home with the family. We've got money in the bank. We've got the house is nice and all that stuff. I'm looking for my next role to be something where I work four days a week and I get an extra day off in the week. You can see that aiming high for those, even those three silly examples, is different. One is driven by that kind of success and happiness in what they're doing and moving in the right direction. One is only driven by money, and they don't really care as long as they get rich. And one is driven by time and work-life balance, and arguably happiness as well. The point I'm trying to make here is that when we say aiming high, high can mean something different for all of us. And it's all coming back to what motivates you that we thought about earlier. There won't be one thing. You won't just be as cavalier as that example of, I only care about money. You probably do care about being happy as you're driving into work. Even if less than the money, it's somewhere on your radar. I want to be happy and rich. You will, though, have natural preferences, natural priorities. I think of those examples I, I gave earlier about the things that might motivate us and maybe there was something else. You can boil it down into probably five things. Money, happiness, kind of helping others, the impact that we have. So maybe I invent a product that, you know, is important for society. Maybe I um, take a lead in my industry and I redefine the business sector that I'm working in. And finally, the fifth one, people the people I work with and the customers and clients that I meet. Money, happiness, helping, impact and people. There's probably something like a kind of five point matrix that you could make out of that and map your preference. So maybe you are very rounded and you care about all five in equal measure. Maybe it would be pointing more uh, heavily towards helping and people and you're less bothered about money. And that can kind of show you what's important to you what will drive you for that next job that you look for, what will drive you for the promotion opportunity that comes and whether you actually go for it. At what point working up that kind of career ladder do you go, this is it, I'm happy here. If the career ladder in your sector were, let's say 10 different jobs and you start at job number one and job number 10 is the top job, not everyone will be driven to work up to job number 10. Some people, will be quite content to stay at job number one and they will be 
thriving, they will have an impact, they will love it. But they won't be the one who's having to stay late and worry about the stresses of the profits and worry about rotoring everyone. Some people might want to work up and look after others, but they stick at kind of job five or job six, that kind of middle management or something like that. And they're like, this is good enough for me. I'm I'm defining my, my company and my industry, but the buck doesn't stop with me. But I have got a bit of influence. I can look after others. I can kind of steer people and people will look to me. So, you know, there's that kind of, there aren't many companies that have kind of 10 jobs, but there's that kind of scale, isn't there, as you work your way up. Some people will choose to say, this is it. I've gone far enough. My background previously was working in education in school, and that scale would take you from uh, non-teaching staff, I suppose, someone who's kind of casual worker, um, <clears throat> maybe working in the canteen or maybe part of the cleaning staff, all the way up to the head teacher. It's not to say that one person is better than another. The school cannot operate without the cleaners. The school cannot operate with the low paid teaching assistant who supports the special needs kid. Equally, the school cannot operate without its leadership team and its head teacher. So the whole team works together and it's relying on the skills and the motivations of each of those people. Aiming high or aspiration, however we want to see that, and I think we need to be careful because sometimes, particularly if you talk to younger people, aspiration is just like how much money you're going to earn and what kind of good job are you going to get, and it's more nuanced than that. You know, hopefully you're seeing that that things like your ability to help others and have an impact, you can't measure them in a salary paycheck, but they are valuable. Anyway, aiming high is an active thing. So any of these things that I've mentioned or that you might have thought of for yourself, they need planning. So if you want to work up and earn more money, you need a plan. If you want to reduce your hours and so you can spend more time with your family, you need a plan. If you want to get promoted to a more senior position, don't care about the money, but I want to have a bit more influence and kind of set my move up to job number three, you need a plan. Plans need to be underpinned by reality and plans need to be broken down. We've looked at that in the, the one uh, I did about planning. You can find that if you've not listened to that one yet. Um, but they need to be broken down into things that are manageable and kind of you can tick off a list of mini micro plans rather than just one big plan become the head teacher. Um, I think it's important that we underpin plans with a sense of positivity, with the awareness of failure and with the need to take little side tracks and dodge things. You don't have to power through ba uh, barriers. You don't have to climb over them. Sometimes you can just go round them, um, but you need to be flexible. You need to be positive. You need to know how you're going to deal with failure so that when you do tackle things, you learn from it. That flexibility that we have with our plans the end goal is probably fairly rigid. That person who wants to earn a hundred thousand a year, that's probably something that's non-negotiable in their mind. But how they get there, well, there's different routes. To become the head teacher in that school, if we stick with that as an example, that is the end goal and that isn't flexible. But the route that I take might well be. So do I just work my way up and become a head of department and that kind of thing? Or do I take 
management of, I don't know, behavior or something like that and redefine the behavior management of the school. And I work my way up that way. There needs to be a plan and it needs to be something that you can deliver on. So plans, like I say, as we looked at before, they need to be broken down. You can't just magically set a goal and get there. You need to break it down into those micro goals. You need to have a think. You need to have the flexibility so that it's not super rigid, even if the outcome might be super rigid. Smaller things that you can tackle. And I've been thinking about the power of positive thinking. I'm not 100% sure how I feel about it, to be honest. Um, I do believe that there is a negative impact and there is a negative power of negative thinking. Um, Interestingly, there's similar research out there with money, money and happiness. So you can't just draw a graph with money along one side and happiness along the other, and it would be a straight diagonal line. So the more money I get, the happier I become. That's not true. The more money you get, the happier you become. And then eventually you get richer and richer and richer. And the happiness kind of tails off. So you get this kind of curved graph. But there is a more direct link between poverty and unhappiness. The more you find yourself in poverty and disadvantaged, the more you might say, I am unhappy or on a scale of one to ten, I'm down there in the ones and twos and threes. But to get back to positivity, if we keep telling ourselves that, ah, man, it just won't work out or well, someone else will get that promotion. It's got their name on it or it's not worth taking the risk of starting my own business. I'll stay here being a barber in someone else's company. I think if we keep speaking that and thinking that over ourselves, that negativity, we risk internalizing it and making it truth and kind of owning it at the risk of sounding a little bit kind of um, overly spiritual, perhaps. But there is that thing of if somebody every time they met you were saying things to you, you probably wouldn't want to hang out with them. You might tell them where to go. But if they were saying that to you day after day after day, You'd start to believe what they're saying, but you're saying it over yourself. So we need to be quite careful with it. Positivity, I think it helps. I think uh, if you're saying, you know what? Yeah, it's all going to work out. Or that mantra of, well, what if it all goes right? Saying stuff like, hey, I will be a success. Or, of course, I'll get that promotion because look what I've achieved in this current role. How could they turn me down when they see what I'm doing now? You're starting to feel good already. You know, you you're saying this stuff and you're beginning to own it. You're like, great, I've got some foundations to build upon here. But that alone won't be enough. You can't just kind of look in the mirror and say, you're going to be the head teacher. You need a plan. There needs to be a way in which you're going to achieve that. You say those things in the mirror and it will motivate you and you'll remember why you're doing stuff so that those micro goals, the little steps that you're taking, you're constantly glimpsing back, lifting your head, going, yeah, that's where I'm going. Some of these plans will be those short-term little things. Some will be medium-term, three to five years. So that rigid end goal, let's stick with this example of the head teacher because we we all understand how a school works with teachers and middle managers and and head teachers at the top. The medium-term for um, someone who's already a kind of junior member of leadership team they are going to say, I'm going to take on responsibility for this bit of the school. And then in three to five years time, I'm going to look more attractive to either be here and go for that deputy head role 
or maybe go somewhere else as a deputy head. And then, you know, probably the step after that is going to be the head teacher. Sometimes these goals will be much longer term. That newly qualified teacher, so early 20s, NQT, just starting at school, probably a little bit nervous, um, but saying to themselves, the reason I've got into this is to is to improve the lives of as many young people as I can. And one day, one day I want to be a head teacher and lead my own school so that my leadership and my passion can touch the lives of a greater number of young people than the 20 or 30 that are going to be in my class as a classroom teacher. So you can see, can't you, the shorter term goals, the medium term goals and the longer term goals. But it's by aiming high that we will... Um, have a goal that we can stick to when the going gets tough. When, I'm not going to start singing the song, but when things get hard, you think that's why I'm doing this. Stick to the plan. And when things are good, brilliant. It's going well. We're bang on track for the plan. Keep going. What's the next step for the medium term? It's working. Fantastic. So you can see that aiming high is a number of things. It is about um, it is about that kind of effective working. It is about goals and that kind of day-to-day -day thing but it's also about plans plans and goals are slightly different and they really complement one another particularly when you bring in that longer term goal or maybe that vision or strategy if you want another word um, but it is it breaks it down into different steps so that you know where you're going you know why you're going there and you know who you are and therefore you know what there is for you if i'm aiming high in my career I'm not driven to earn millions of pounds. If I'm aiming high in my career, I'm not necessarily driven to uh, be famous and be well-known and things like that. But I do want to help people and I do want to make a difference. And it would be nice if people remember your name at the end of the thing or if you develop something that other people use. Yeah, great. We're all different. Your hopes, your dreams are super valid and I wish you well in them remember the headline break everything down into stuff that you can tackle some stuff daily some stuff monthly some stuff over the course of a number of years or a small chapter of your life but you can do it okay so i'm quickly going to whiz through 10 habits of successful people an article that i found online number one organization that to-do list is really valuable number two relaxation that take a breath just get the kind of know why you're there know what you're doing take a breath take a moment two minutes get yourself together number three take action don't just kind of you know sit there daydreaming sometimes you need to make things happen number four personal care super important um here's an interesting quote elon musk um put it really simply uh which daily habit had been the largest positive impact on his life he said having a shower sometimes looking after yourself is really important your diet your exercise your hygiene things like that number five positive attitude we've spoken about positivity we've spoken about negativity as something to avoid positivity is super important attached to those goals that you're going to set number six other people you can't do these things alone so networking number seven um so they've put frugality being just a bit kind of cautious with your money not throwing uh, your money away it's not being tight it's not being stingy but it's just being aware of the value of the resources you have particularly the money you've got but think about your time as well think about 
um, the resources that you have. They are limited. Number eight, rising early. Now, it may not be for all of you, um, but actually getting up and getting on with the day. This is what successful, whatever that means, people are um, have said that's important to them. Number nine, sharing. So interestingly, on our billionaire list, Bill Gates came in as uh, number six. He has given away an awful lot of money in his time. Have, have yeah, Many other wealthy people have through history. You probably live um, in a city with parks with funny names, probably down to the person who donated that piece of land to the city or libraries that have been built and donated or hospital wings that have been built and donated. Sometimes sharing is an important part of being successful. And then learning as well. So number 10 was reading, picking up information, seeing what's out there, seeing what the trends are, gaining insight from it, gaining knowledge, having your finger on the pulse and not just kind of resting on your laurels. So there you go, 10, um, 10 habits of successful people. Here's my final kind of top three um, top tips for aiming high. So number one, your goals and your plans. What is that headline? What is the final goal that you're working towards? And what are those little micro goals, those plans that you will need to get there? Number two, avoid negative thinking. I think that's probably more important than embrace positive thinking. They go hand in hand, but avoid negative thinking. It will get you down. It will stick and you will start to believe that little voice in your head. And finally, number three, name of the podcast, know yourself. What does success look like for you? What is it that motivates you? And where do you want to get to? Okay, as always, thank you so much for listening. And again, uh, thank you for all the lovely feedback that you've been giving me. It is very much appreciated. Um, We'll stick with this and hopefully we'll get some people involved in the future as well. I'd love to get your thoughts or if there are particular things that you would like to hear about in the future as well, then you know where to get me. But until next time, thanks for listening and I'll see you later.